Have you ever wondered whether the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment, and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your hosts, Brian Burneman and Kayla Grimble, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and changemakers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Berneman, your host, and I have the pleasure to be joined all the way from Bali in Indonesia by Tom Jackson. Thank you so much, Tom, for being here, for taking the time to share with us in this conversation. And for everyone that is listening, what can you share about yourself and your path? Brilliant. Thank you, Brian, for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so, yeah, I'm Tom and I run uh, Honest Ocean Material, uh, like you said, out of, out of Bali. And, um, yeah, we, we basically micromanage plastic uh, waste here uh, in Indonesia and Southeast Asia. And we prevent plastic from reaching the ocean and we recycle it before it gets there, uh, as well as collecting uh, smaller amounts from the ocean. Uh, so yeah, we we call ourselves ocean plastic recyclers, and uh, yeah, we're pretty much all all of the team. Bar one is is based here in Bali. Beautiful. So before we get into like what you're doing and the the mission and and like how all of that is happening, can you share with us like what from your life experience led you to this? Yeah. So. Um, I very much I've always been conscious and eco and, and looking for that sort of uh, as consumers as we are looking for the eco options. Uh, and yeah, I, I worked on uh, private yachts for, for many years, uh, six, seven years, um, uh, you know, moving from from America to Europe and doing uh, not only Atlantic, but Pacific crossings as well and seeing plastic build up in the ocean. Uh, it really didn't sit well with me. Um, and so I, you know, I, I looked at leaving that world and, and moved into a, uh, a supplement startup, which mm -hmm. we've all sort of seen those pharmaceutical white tubes with, uh, with pills in and those kind of things. And, um, yeah, we, we, it was, you know, they were plant-based supplements. They were fantastic, you know, really great product, but we had this packaging, which was horrible. Uh, and it was plastic and we wanted to do a refillable option, like where the, it was e-commerce based. So they, um, consumers could send it back and we'd refill it. Um, and yeah, that, that was really hard to do. And, and using metal packaging or aluminium wasn't an option otherwise, because we'd have to wrap the products in different things anyway. So. I spoke to the, the supplier and it had a long uh, conversation around what, you know, what are the eco options for, for brands to use? And um, again, this goes back to me always being aware of conscious buying and me thinking on the other end of those, get, receiving those products in the mail. Like I would be annoyed if I saw that in plastic. And uh, I looked into it and I said, guys, if I go and find a, a different, you know, option for this, would you, um, would you be, interested in in uh me potentially supplying you if i come up with with the goods and they said 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're looking for eco options. There's just nothing out there. So that really kickstarted me doing what I'm doing now and and moving to Indonesia and looking for that. But yeah, the progression of always looking. I think Brian is probably the same for yourself. Always looking for eco options, reusable. Uh, and you know, when you find a brand or or anything we we buy and they they stand for something a little bit different, uh, I I usually cling onto them with other products they bring out or refillables, anything like that. Um, yeah, it's a really important part of um, the ecosystem of life, and that's kind of how it started for me. Um, but yeah, always always had um, the interest and and uh, yeah, looking into things that people. Uh, are talking about but no one's asking why that's happening or why isn't that happening mm, yeah and you know it's i think that i've been having this conversation now for the last few years with lots of people with and there's more not only awareness of what's happening also i think that a lot of people are understanding how they are voting with their dollars and how every purchase that they make actually matters and an understanding, you know, like how does my values align with what I'm purchasing or with the businesses and organizations that I'm purchasing from. And, you know, I, I, I can say I definitely stopped buying lots of things that I was consuming in terms of food because of the packaging that they come in. And, and, and as you're saying, you know, like what's, What's the alternative? Is there an alternative there? And and I'm aware with a lot of these, um, you know, like these things that sometimes they, there's no perfection in certain alternatives. It's like, well, we have all of these big issues and some things it's like we need to rethink the entire system <laughs> and some things it's like, well, whilst the system is actually happening, how can we lower the footprint and how can we be a little bit more mm. conscious how can we like bring a little bit more awareness into like the entire supply chain or or all of these different aspects as you're saying because you might have an amazing product um that is solving something yet if that product is coming in like this plastic packaging that is completely virgin plastic the footprint of that then it's like, mm. oof, this is this is challenging <laughs> really challenging and yeah like you said you know virgin plastic new plastic it is derivative from oil uh so it, it's controlled by you know the price of the oil market and in my in our space here with with plastic it is a great cheap product which is why it's in every part of our life and there was never a management for the end you know end use of that uh, for the recycling side of it. So it's constantly being a catch-up with plastic recycling. And uh, you're right, every every part of our lives, I think we need to reduce, uh, not only in, in plastic and clothes and just consciously buying. And customers, uh, sorry, companies exist to, uh, you know, provide for consumers. So like you touched on just there with uh, how you buy with your dollars, you know, it's really important and it doesn't feel like you have much power because you're an individual and you see all this plastic bottles wrapped in plastic wrap um, and you think you don't have many options and, you know, that's very much what we're trying to trying to change on the shelves. But, um, yeah, you really do because if you're thinking like that and you're in a supermarket or your lo local store, then 
other people, you know, someone else in a different part of the country or region would be doing the same. And before you know it, uh, that starts, that starts adding up. And, um, yeah, there's, there's been sort of things over the last few years where I don't know if you saw in Bristol in the UK where, uh, in a Tesco supermarket, they all started pulling their, uh, pulling their produce out of plastic and left all, you know, left all the plastic there on the conveyor belt. In the end, they were like, you guys deal with it. We don't want to have to throw that away or, or we don't want to buy that. And again, there's this big fight at the moment between like, um, putting it in plastic and, you know, traveling all the way from the locations the food does and health and safety and blah, blah, blah versus, you know, not having it in that. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting time for us to be in this sort of, uh, timeline of history of working out these problems. And it wasn't fixed from generations before. And, you know, all of us consciously or unconsciously need to, need to solve it. Mm, yeah and you know it's, i think it's interesting as well understanding for me a lot of times with with how i'm choosing to live my life that i'm choosing to live more consciously which means living a little bit slower pace living more locally um like i still do a lot of things you know like i, I travel to see my family and, and i buy certain products that are not from here in new zealand yet most of what I do is like like that, and for me, it's it's always been really interesting that there's this idea that well, this is how it is. Well, like we haven't been using plastics for that long. Like just look, two hundred, three hundred years ago, like we didn't have that plastic. How were you know our ancestors living? And it doesn't mean that they were you know like going to go back to always on everything. But there are certain things that it's like, well, this this actually, you know, like people used to live a little bit more locally. Like people used to to reuse a lot more, to repair a lot more, and and to understand the cycle of things and the importance of what we were purchasing. And I think that is that's important because, as you mentioned, like a lot of times, the end of life of certain products is not kept in mind. And I think that you know, and I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the like what you're doing with honest ocean materials. Is like getting something that is an issue and actually repurposing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, just to touch on that, yeah, I mean, we we look back to like canned, uh, you know, uh, veg, which you know they made them in these old, you know, the tins back in you know the, the days of the war and, and things like that. They made these really, you know, nice tins, which you can actually still find around t- today. They might be a bit rusty, but you know that was you know that was the the level of of like engineering around cans even sardine cans now we have like these little plastic fish trays with a transparent bit of plastic and yeah slowing down is really important uh for sure and, and and every part of that and you know life's getting quicker uh and you know dogs and children and you know everyone's trying to make life easier so being able to to create community environments where you can um you can have return policies and it's not all about big corporates you know trying to take profit and margins and all this stuff it's about uh, a little bit closer to home and and you know personal impact in communities is a lovely feeling that everyone wants to have so that's a big part of it but yeah uh, moving on to to what we do is is um 
And yeah, I, I moved here two years ago and I got off the airplane and I went straight into the communities here uh, to go and look at it with my own eyes to see how bad it how bad it was. And it was surprisingly um, the overflow of waste. Um, there's a there's a many things that contribute to it here. The household collection, it really doesn't exist too much here. There is a little bit of it. And when it is, it's mixed. So like organic waste. Uh, plastic of value, like your your plastic bottles, um, and yeah, uh, non-recyclable waste all goes together. So that's first of all, that's that high contamination. So that won't uh, that won't be uh, that won't be as high value as when it was clean before, or if if the person cleaned it out. Education is a big thing here, and then the third thing is the infrastructure to deal with that. Um, there's a lot of virgin plastic producers here. Uh, we're close to Australia, Japan, Korea, uh, China. So there's cheap labor here. So there's a lot of infrastructure for creating new products and there's very little to be able to recycle it and, and redo it. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go into communities and speak to, uh, the villagers, usually the, uh, the chief of the village, the head of the, the village there. And we'll look at the problem with them and, you know, they very much want to help their communities. We haven't had any experiences where they're not willing to talk to us, which is uh, fantastic. Um, and yeah, we, we look at where the plastic's coming from. Is it coming from the city? Is it coming from the ocean? These guys all along the coast, um, and it's primarily the coastline that we concentrate on. Uh, they're ending up with this waste on, on the, in their village, you know, doorstep, um, or heading past them to the ocean. So it's how, how do we um, how do we work with them, you know, to to get rid of that? It's not their fault that it's there most of the time. Um, it's come from other sources. So we work with um, the communities on uh, the riverbanks and the coastline, uh, and then also we work with um, fishermen as well, which used to collect fish, uh, and those uh, fish stocks are now gone down dramatically. And they've got the nets and they've got the boats. So it's them collecting plastic for us. And, you know, it's a very time consuming. It's a very expensive way to do it. And um, only the real way you can really um, help this environmental space is not just collecting plastic, which is worth money, um, and back into the recycling market. It's collecting everything. Because whether it's plastic of value or, or, or stuff that can't be recycled, uh, it's in the environment. So all of it has to come out. So We've had to spend a long time working out how it's financially viable to do that. And we're a for-profit company so that we can actually give these guys long-term jobs in the, in the coast that we can work with. Um, so yeah, that's, and that's basically the first, first step of it. And, you know, we, we work with the communities. Um, we, we're not in competition with them. We just want to work with them to get the plastic away from there and we'll, we'll buy it from them, uh, after we've helped them organize with the collection. Um, and then from there, it will go to our recycling plant, uh, which from our location is, is no more than an hour away usually. Uh, we've started in a few more of the remoter islands of Indonesia, which has to come from boats, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it will be recycled, uh, separated, recycled, washed. Um, and then we we partner with uh, companies and brands that socially care about uh, the people in, uh, and the plastic in these affected regions. And um, yeah, that's really, we had to control everything from collection to sending to customers. And usually this supply chain, Brian, is like one, everyone does one step and that's the easier way to do it. 
And it's been really difficult for us to control every step of that. Uh, but it's really important. You have to be accountable for that. And there's loads of technology around now. So we can track all our orders, which is really important to show consumers, um, you know, where it's come from and, you know, the end, end user, end user, um, manufacturer, customer. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of greenwashing around these days, which I'm sure you've, sure you've seen. So being able to, um, provide evidence of where it comes from is really important. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's so important as, as you've been sharing, you know, all of this is, is already in the environment. <laughs> this is one of the things for yeah. me of, you know, like of understanding, like what's, what's important in terms of um, how we want the system to run. We want everything to run in a reusable way, which means that like plastic is not, uh, especially single use plastic is not the solution yet for whatever is already created there is well, do we want it to be waste in the ocean, like incinerated, creating, you know, pollution, uh, or do we want it to actually with all of that do something, turn it around and create something more valuable, something that as well. And, and I, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about what you're doing is that it's also like for me, like in the climate crisis is also a, climate justice like issue and a lot of times you know like small communities or like the the islands here in the pacific like they are taking a lot of what us in the industrialized world are <laughs> sending to them and it's not their yeah. fault but they don't have the systems in place to also deal with it so as well you know like the fact that you're partnering with the communities and with the villages and to be able to provide them with not only a way to reduce the pollution in their doorstep, but as well to, to make a living or to, you know, like to be able to have something positive from that experience and to turn that into a product. Uh, so what, like one of the things with that, that I'm, I'm interested is what kind of products have you been um, creating or have been created from all of these materials that you're recycling? So, yeah, that's a great question. There's, there's quite a few different ones, Brian. I mean, the really exciting stuff that we work on, we work on. Uh, so we operate in Java, which is the main strip of Indonesia. And so I live in Bali, but we don't do too much here. But we've got fantastic company uh here that um, manufactures for body shop and they use some of our materials so that's a really exciting um, uh, way to see our, our products going into you know shops and things like that and these guys manufacture coasters and all sorts of great things so that's the exciting stuff uh, the bigger stuff you know is made into um, buckets and things like that we we try and make sure all our products go into you know a long-term uh applications uh application meaning uh into, into buckets of shampoo bottles and things like that um uh, we don't really do too much of the plastic water bottles uh, which goes from you know waste and then back into those again we try and find sustainable uh long-term products um so yeah it's a bit of a mix really um and you know um yeah uh sort of eco shampoo bottles we've done a lot of recently um and yeah so sort of when we our job finishes when we create these little pellets recycled plastic pellets which um 
we they go in big sort of 500 kg bags and into into the container and from there they yeah they turn into to lots of things and sometimes you know uh we've got fiber as well which will go into clothing uh we don't do very much of that at the moment um but yeah there's there's lots of different kind of things and it's it's hard to think of uh specifically what they are but uh yeah the the body shop sort of uh thing we're we're really proud of and yeah we're looking for we're pretty small so we've only got you know a few customers and we're looking for uh you know small or or bigger brands that really want to you know see where their extra dollar goes to um so yeah we're we're always on the hunt but it's mainly sort of buckets shampoo bottles um things that have more than one life is really what we try and try and aim for Mm. And would you mind sharing them a little bit about like why did you decide like Indonesia <laughs> and and why why are you there like and you know you could be in a sense working from from home <laughs> and and allowing that to happen over there. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, it, I mean Indonesia is the second worst after China in terms of affected by um by waste in into the environment. Um, and you know, China's very much worked on their what um, worked on their problems, and and they they're solving that at the moment. And that's a lot of that because they were taking foreign waste, similar to Indonesia for the last twenty five years. So yeah, it was a thing of looking at where Indonesia was. And I spent really four years looking at waste management, virgin manufacturing, and the recycling market to see where why it was going wrong. How was how is it in you know 2020 2018 when i was looking at it how is this getting into the environment that you know we're a modern society this shouldn't happen and so looking into how bad indonesia was and uh, like i mentioned we've got you know australia and china and japan and korea all very close and um, lots of people have been sending waste here too so it was really about getting here and understanding it for myself and um i very much believe in surrounding myself in the place that I work and me sitting in in the UK or London and trusting people over here that you know something's being done is just it's just not good enough for me and I I probably wouldn't accept that so I had to be here I had to understand the people um you know what motivates them uh, the actual yeah the region I'm in like so why um yeah what are the trends happening here with plastic waste and you really and to learn the language all these kind of things are really important um and since that you know uh Annika our operations director has come over here as well and a Jake our marketing guy and and the other guys were all kind of based here except for the co-founder Angus who's in in the UK but that's really nice for us to to come over and, and look at it and uh, there are so many companies that are in the west or, or wherever they are and you know they'll employ people over here and be like yeah okay off you go okay we've got an office in wherever and we're doing this and you know it's very hard to know if that's really bit what's happening mm-hmm. um so yeah that was a big part of coming here and just putting 100% into this and you know for our customers we we have to be accountable you know greenwashing is a really scary word around a, a you know if you've got a brand or a company that has a big reputation you you know you can't be in those situations um so you know it's on us to be here and and to be doing exactly what we say we're doing um and to show how we're different from everyone else which um yeah potentially aren't doing it doing it that way so yeah it, it it's really important part of our business being here 
um, you know, our business is Indonesian as well as a British one. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's about ingraining yourself in the roots of, um, yeah, where, where you're operating from. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really important understanding the, the space of how to create the change and whose responsibility is it? A lot of times, you know, I am a big advocate for like taking responsibility for my life. Yet I know that I'm in a place of privilege. I know that, you know, like there's people that are literally every day surviving. And if the like, plastic option is going to be the cheapest thing, then they're going to buy that. So mm. like a lot of times it's like, as you mentioned, like how, how the organizations can and businesses can create that change and not greenwash, like actual <laughs> change to, to create new systems and to not put everything on the consumer which is what ends up happening a lot of times yeah um, yeah because not every consumer is aware of what's happening of the impact of what they are purchasing or they cannot make that choice so a lot of times i'm like well for anyone like me that is in a place of privilege in terms of education or knowledge and has the the you know they can make a decision of i'm going to change the way that I'm doing things, then it's like, okay, what am I doing to create that change? And how am I, in a sense, creating more of the demand for the things that are actually creating a, a benefit for people or the environment instead of the other way around? So like, the more that I can, as an individual, do that, the more, in a sense, that the companies will see, oh, like there's this trend that is changing yeah. and people are becoming more aware. And of course, there's still millions or billions of people that are not, but it's little by little, you know, like creating that change. And I think that's, as an individual, that's all that I can do. It's like yeah. leading by example and, and, to, and to share with others and, and get others to question if what they are purchasing actually is needed and if it's needed, if there's a better alternative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's actually really important, um, you know, uh, things we're talking about here, Brian, because big business does blame consumers all the time. Like you need to separate your waste or uh, you're not re recycling it properly. And big, you know, manufacturers of, of, of plastic will um, create it and then they, they don't care about the afterlife or the end of that because, you know, that's someone else's job of waste management. So there's a big unaccountability side of things and it's really interesting to see the brands that are trying to be game changers in this space which are actually like um yeah TerraCycle and loop and, and things like that which is trying to um bring you know the the actual the bottle they own the packaging and it just gets refilled and it circulates that way uh, it's really important and yeah like you said there with trends i look at the vegan movement right that was a massive uh part of of you know um, the last like 15 years of of of, of um, you know food and, and dieting I guess if you would call it and that didn't start from you know uh, companies putting that on shelves and going hey you guys might like this it's because people asked for it and it started with a very small minority and and now you see on shelves that it, you know meat free takes up most of the shelves these days these days so it's really exciting to to see what consumers can do and it really shows that it works and those companies exist you know to supply 
us with things. So um, yeah, knowing the value of your purchase, I would say is as a, as a, as us as a conscious con- consumer is really important um, because yeah, alone you feel you feel really empty and together you can you know achieve a lot through those. Um, and yeah, the, there is a lot of blame on consumers and it's easy to do that because there's, you know, it's not one thing as many individuals, whereas mm-hmm. a big business is one component. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, as we, as we get on and as companies rise and startups come along, they are creating more accountability for what they're supplying and, and social impacts as well as, you know, the carbon side of things these days. So. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for the future, and that's why I like talking to you, Brian, because a lot of there's a lot of negativity around uh, the world. But this, you know, we're talking about solutions and and, and things that are trying to make the world a better place. Um, so yeah, really really important part of uh, the life cycle of of our planet that we're in at the moment. So it's uh, exciting exciting times because mm. it will get better. <laughs> yes, and, and you know that's that's the vision that I have. I do have you know like this optimistic for some people view of going to a future that is actually thriving that is more in connection with the uh with nature with each other as communities and people and and to understand you know like we can get there it's not this you know for me in mm. the future it's not this apocalyptic you know like <laughs> armageddon type of world it's like well like we're going back to to that connection with nature and this possible as long as we move in that direction as long as mm. the ones that we can make those decisions can do that you know it's a, a lot of times as well as we are talking about the companies putting everything on, on people it's like well you know how can an individual see that someone's plastic product is actually made from 100 recycled plastic mm. it's like yeah you know, it's trying to put everything back on the consumer. Although it's important for me to take the time if I want to make the right choice. It's like, oh, you know, like what are those things that I need to look look out for in a company? Because there's a lot of companies with greenwashing. I see, you know, like some big companies that put out one product that is like, oh, this is recycled with made with recycled plastic, and like a lot of people, you know, like jump into that, and that company advertises that, and then I found out reading the fine print is like, well, there's only a percentage of that, and it's only one product of the 500 that they do. So it's like, right. you know, do I want to to support that or not? And that's, as an individual, my decision, in a sense, whether I want yeah. that big company to say, like, oh, this one product, like, you're going in the right direction, or, like, no, you're making a mess of everything else, so I'm not going to jump onto that. And that's up to me as an individual to decide in which of those I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, like, yeah, like you said, it, it is it is up to you, and it's up to all of us to be a part of that. And, um, you know, it's it's not about these companies going oh i need to hit you know my budget of um you know or our six percent goals of sustainability or 25 percent you know we don't typically work with companies like that if people want to physically have a change or in you know in society or create products for their end users which you know from the core of their business they actually want to help then, you know, all day long, we're going to look at that. And that's really exciting for us to do. Um, people who want it cheap, uh, want it quickly, 
and just want to hit their targets. Yeah, of course, big companies have got targets. But like, what do you want to achieve? Do you want do you want your consumers to come back and buy that product twelve times, or do you want them to buy it once and find out, you know, that actually uh, you were doing the bare minimum and things like that? And we're in a time of traceability, not just for plastic, but for big companies to be accountable. And uh, this is a cool thing about where we see like um, the next generation who don't want to work so much for big companies and they want to have a social impact. And you know, they won't do like. Um, you know, the last generation, they won't do 25 years in the same job. If they're not happy after a year, they, you know, they're on to the next one. And, and this is very much a workforce which is coming in, which um, won't put up with that and wants to be a part of the change. And it's a fantastic time to be able to see uh, how relevant that's going to be for the success of big businesses or whether we're just going to run with a network of medium to small businesses with massive social change. Um, and yeah, you know, big companies need to be aware of that. And it's, you know, it's not about the politics and the, the gain in, inside of a, a business, which if anyone's worked in a corporate, you know, that, that's a big part of that. It's about being more as one. And, and especially as on this ocean, we are all on the same energy movement together going that way. Uh, with the value of that it always comes back to the um, the people on the ground who do this and, and we we exist to help them and create a platform for them to to um, sell us material to and you know if every business starts having that uh, sort of attitude the world would be a much better place and you know consumers and us going to purchase you know we wouldn't have to look for that and really struggle to spend time on finding that product which is better for the environment or that company has a cause that if I put, if I pay 20 cents more for this product, actually it's going to, you know, that could, that could go towards, you know, a, a villager's uh, monthly, you know, rice or, or food buying uh, habits, you know, that's where we all want to be in that environment. Whereas if we have to buy these products off the shelf, which, you know, we do, um, you know, we want, we want to see it go further. Um, and, you know, you know, we're really getting to a time where, we see, you know, social media is bringing people together like nothing uh, in terms of uh, sustainability. And, yeah, everyone's panicking because they've they got to come up with new ways to, to help consumers. And it just comes with being honest and truthful. And uh, humans connect the best on that way. And that's why we're called Honest Ocean, because, you know, we wanted to set us apart from all the all the bullshit that, that we find in this in this industry and really just show people, you know, what we're doing and. Yeah, it's a massive part of massive part of the future for any size of company and creating that value. It's it's really important. Mm, yes, that that honesty, that transparency, and and you know, as as you're saying, more and more people are leaning to work with or to purchase from those organizations and businesses that are transparent with their values, with their mission, and there's no such a thing as perfection. Yet right. there's there's a willingness to to show okay this is what it is this is where this is coming from and this is how we are supporting the the people that are working here this is how we're supporting the community and the larger community and and the and this planet so it's super important to do that um, and Tom mm. 
one of the things that that I wanted to to ask you as as we're bringing this this conversation towards an end is for anybody that wants to you know like learn more about what you're doing or potentially they have you know like some product that they are like oh i could actually get that uh recycled plastic from honest ocean how can they get in touch with you uh, absolutely uh so yeah the, the easiest one is uh honest-ocean.com for our website um or actually you know just dm us on instagram that seems to be pretty good so we're honest.ocean on there Um, and or you can find me directly on LinkedIn, which is Tom Jackson HO um, on on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. And yeah, we'll we'll get back. And if you do have any product ideas or, or need some material, uh, some recycled material, yeah, please get in touch. Um, be fantastic to work with with anyone, whatever size your business is. Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you, Tom, for, for taking the time for this conversation, uh, for the work that you're doing. Keep that up, as, as I mentioned, you know, like we need to actually create the change that we want to see. And you're doing that and supporting being on, like, on the, the island there with the people working alongside. So yeah, amazing, amazing work. So for everybody listening, Again, go and check that out. We'll put the links on the show notes so that you can access it uh, easily and check what you're buying. Understand the power that you have on every purchase that, that you make. And um, yeah, again, like if, if you have, as Tom was just saying, business or an idea or something, just get in touch with them. So yeah, thank you, Tom, for being here. Right. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed being on. And yeah, I look forward to speaking to you again sometime soon. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. And we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Bye. What did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and set so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.